It's the most popular sport on the planet, with an estimated 4 billion fans worldwide. But not everybody grew up watching or playing soccer, particularly here in the U.S. I sure didn't. I made fun of soccer, called it boring, hard to follow, and not as entertaining as football, basketball, or baseball. But thanks to some basic education about the game and a few viewings of English Premier League matches, I realized I had been wrong all those years, and I became hooked. It's a far more compelling sport to watch than I used to think. Tense, exciting, and when played by the great ones, graceful and elegant. This show is for anybody who's curious why so many people love this game. It's for new fans of the European club teams looking for analysis that doesn't get too far into the weeds because, frankly, we wouldn't know how to be that in-depth. It's for anybody who wants to join us on our journey of getting to know better the most popular sport in the world. We'll talk about the game itself, the rules, the terminology, the strategy, and we'll talk about the top club soccer league in the world, the English Premier League, its teams, its history, its players, each week's games, all of it. We're kind of learning as we go here, but we're hoping you'll share that experience with us and come along for the ride. This is Hands Off Those Balls. And another week of English Premier League soccer is in the books. There has been at least one match every day for the past week, except for Friday, which has made for a lot of exciting viewing on television. As things stand right now, Liverpool continues to be in first place in the English Premier League, and the uh, clinching of the title that they had last week hasn't changed. So, yes, they will be the champions of the league. But that doesn't mean there's nothing to be watching for. As we've talked about before, one of the questions we've had is whether or not Liverpool is going to be able to break a number of these team records, like highest point total in the Premier League at the end of the season, biggest margin of lead over the other teams in the league, um, uh, fewest losses conceded to other teams. So there are a lot of things to watch for with Liverpool, but there's also a lot to watch for with the individual players. The uh, first, uh, the, the player with the most goals at the end of the season will be recognized with the golden boot, which is something we haven't talked about too much on the prior episodes. Uh, as of right now, Jamie Vardy from Leicester City is in first place with most goals scored this year. And similarly, we keep track of who is in first place for assists. And right now, that would be Kevin De Bruyne. So hypothetically, if you were involved in a fantasy English Premier League league, much like fantasy football here in the States that we're all familiar with, you would be doing pretty well for yourself if you managed to have both Jamie Vardy and Kevin De Bruyne on your team. And as luck would have it, we have a special guest today. We've mentioned a few times in the past that uh, a friend of ours is in such an English Premier League fantasy league. And uh, we've noted at times when certain things happened in the previous week that were helpful to him. And as things stand right now, he is, in fact, tied for first place in his fantasy league. So that is something to be proud of. And he was smart enough to have Jamie Vardy and Kevin De Bruyne on his team. So we thought we'd bring him in today to fill us in on how his league works and what sort of thought process he puts into to how he puts together his roster. So if everybody will 
Join me in welcoming our friend Luke to the show today. Luke, nice to have you. How are you All doing right. this week? All right, Mike, thank you. It's great to be here. So tell us, when you got involved in your fantasy league, had you already been watching Premier League for a number of years prior to that? Or did you come into it like totally cold and just said, hey, this sounds like fun. Let me figure it out as I go. Well, a little from column A, a little from column B. Uh, I just recently begun my Premier League fandom um, within the last 10 years. I only really noticed that I was sort of paying attention with something more than detached interest in, I believe it was 2012. What, when did Man City win it improbably on the final Oh, the story that I always tell wrong when we talk about sure. it? The 93-20, or I think that was the, the time on the clock when they scored the ah, game winner. Right. Uh, I believe 2011-2012. Okay. So that was the moment that I first noticed that I really actually enjoy watching the Premier League. Uh, to say that I blossomed into some kind of hardcore fan from that moment on wouldn't really be telling the truth, but it was something that occupied my weekend mornings um, more than I ever would have imagined it had. Having said that, my understanding of the league really didn't extend much beyond the top teams and the top players that that sort of any casual fan would have heard of. We'll fit in around here perfectly then. Yeah. Our understanding is relatively superficial too. Well, there it is. And so this year, uh, just a group of friends that I know uh, suggested, I just sort of mentioned my casual enjoyment of the league of the league. And they, they pulled me into a fantasy league, not for money, strictly for bragging rights. Although we do have a trophy, uh, which is, you know, bragging rights are a pretty big deal, I'm sure. Oh, I'd agree with that. I, I'd like when there's a little money involved, but I, I can follow the importance of the bragging rights. Well, and so what that did, which is another thing that I'm sure you can identify with, is that caused me to watch with a much more keen focus. So where before I would know maybe the top players on the top teams – now I've got a pretty good idea of everybody's leading goal scorers at least and as you start to really focus on how to be good at fantasy football you start to find who the value players are and who are the guy who are the useful midfielders who maybe don't score a lot of goals but they show up in a lot of other ways and so it's really uh, kind of grown my understanding of the game I guess but I'm far well, that makes from sense far from anything like an expert well and um, uh, full disclosure here Luke's interest in English Premier League is what got me interested in t in the league too because he was explaining this this idea of hey it's pretty cool to get up on a Saturday morning and at 730 there's live sports on TV um, it's live action at seven in the morning and, and, and it's the you know one of the first sports to come back with the pandemic too right. I mean we're still waiting on basketball and hockey and those were supposed to be the easy ones you know let's not even discuss baseball but um well you started to to touch on things a minute ago this idea of you know midfielders scoring can matter more how does the league that you're in take into account you know a goal by player a might be worth more than a goal by player b what's all that about okay so You've got your roster of, uh, you're allowed, I think you have to have at least three forwards. You have 15 players on your roster, and I, 
I forget the exact breakdown, but you have a certain number of forwards, a certain number of midfielders, and a certain number of defenders, and two keepers. Um, that's your entire roster, or that's the starting roster for a given week? That's your entire roster. You're starting 11 guys. Okay, I was going to say, that sounds a little heavy have, to have two goalies. Then. Yeah, you have four, that would be cool, but. four on the bench every week, and so you know, deciding who starts and who doesn't start is you know part of the calculus. But, you know, obviously for scoring purposes, goals and assists, for fantasy scoring purposes, goals and assists are the most important things. Um, but, you know, goaltenders don't score. So how do they register points? Well, you know, you're keeping clean sheets. There are things, team statistics do get involved. So defenders get points for when their teams do not allow goals and when they put up a clean sheet. Goalies obviously get points for that. Similarly, defenders, well, we can back up on this, but forwards, you know, a goal for a forward is worth four points. A goal for a midfielder is worth five points. A goal for a defender is worth six points. Aha. So there's there's all kinds of ways that you can register on the score sheet. Um, a clean sheet for a goalie is worth four points. A clean sheet for a defender is also worth four points. A midfielder gets one for a clean sheet, and a forward gets no credit for his team's clean sheet. Now, the players on your team, did you select them in a draft at the beginning of the year where it was simply, all right, first player picks, uh, you know, whoever, uh, Mo Salah, and now nobody else can pick him, and we just move on and maybe serpentine draft that no. way, or is it something where you've got salaries and a, a certain amount of money, quote unquote, that you can spend? Which which is the formation it's of that? The latter. So it's mostly it's it's largely a game of sort of uh, salary and roster management. You get a certain number of dollars. I think it's a hundred million. And awesome. Yeah, it's great. Well, don't spend it on the players. Yeah, you get to keep it all and party it up. Um, but each player's salary. Uh, is calculated by you know the the fantasy league program, uh, which is I think Barclays' uh, own website that you're logging on to, and their salary is based on a lot of things. I don't know what the algorithm is, but I'm sure a lot of it is based on you know how many other players own the player. You know, so the more popular, the higher scoring players' salaries obviously are going to be the most, and you can only fit so many of those on your team. So you kind of have to balance who you think are worth spending chunks of your hundred million on and where you think you can save some dollars by selecting valuable guys whose salary is maybe a little bit lower. Analytics. Yep. Uh-huh. You're it's just Bill it's, James has reached out to the English Premier League. It's cap management. And, you know, so somebody like Kevin De Bruyne obviously is gonna be one of the most expensive players in the league because he plays for one of the best teams and he registers in the score sheet all the time he will just show up on your you know uh draft card a lot whereas somebody that we've discussed a lot as just a player that we like personally triori from wolves was not owned by a lot of guys so his salary was in the middle of the season it was literally about half of what de bruyne's was de bruyne's was hmm. something like 10.7 million and triori's was in the fives he started going on a bit of a scoring heater where like he would get goals, he would get assists, he would show up every single week. And Wolves, of course, you know, have got great defense, so they he would get a point here and there for clean sheets. So more and more folks would add him, his salary starts to tick up a little bit. Mm. 
So there's also value in finding these guys before they really get hot, um, which is not a skill that I possess, but it's one that I've kind of lucked into a little bit this year. It's interesting, though. Like, it would seem to me that that someone who's intelligent in math, which I'm not, could come up with a way to basically convert the number of points between goals, assists, clean sheets, whatever, player X averages in a game and just tie the salary for that player to that number of points and have it not so much be related to how many fantasy players have this guy on their team. Well, I think that's a factor. I don't know that it's the factor. Because as I stand here and think about it, I mean, we all love Traore, I think he's got darn uh, slightly higher than just half of the assists that De Bruyne. Right. I think De Bruyne has 17 and he has nine. I think he might be second in the league in assists. I think that's true, but yeah. it's it's a huge drop off. Sure. And De Bruyne kicks penalties. Yeah, De Bruyne gets a lot of goals too. So, and again, you know, I'm not entirely sure what the you know final determination is for making the salaries but you know all the guys you've heard of are the ones whose salaries are the highest right um you know you're going to see you know sala and mane for liverpool i think are the top two most expensive guys uh possibly sergio aguero is between the two of them but he's right at the top two and then there's de bruyne then there's obama yang and then there's you know some of these other guys who play for the big clubs who show up on the score sheet a lot and you got obama yang on your team too don't you i do uh well it's sort of like vardy i got very lucky with um at the beginning of the year i think i picked him up maybe one week into a run where he scored every week many consecutive weeks so when I added him, he was a little bit, uh, this is going to make me sound like a diabolical planner, but whereas, again, a lot of it was luck, I felt like he was a little bit devalued in that I know he'd been a scoring champion, or not champion, but he'd scored a lot of goals in the past, and his salary was only, and I put in air quotes, right. like $9 million, uh, which compared to the Agueros, uh, Salas, Manes of the league was low. So I picked him up. And like as of this moment, his salary has gone up to almost ten million, I think. So you know it'll tick up with the more owners that you have, and you know you can get some value that way too. But is that so? Is that new ten million salary something that you have to account for when you're putting together your lineup, or nope. was the nine million that you initially got him for the number, and that's the number forever? That's the number forever. Oh, that's nice. Including, unfortunately, if I want to dump Vardy for somebody else, I'm dumping him at the price ah. that I picked him up at. That's so I can't turn that into like a cash. It's not game. very capitalistic. Yeah, and there are a couple of guys that I had luck with that similar luck that way with I picked up Trent Alexander-Arnold at the beginning of the year now he's the most expensive defender in the league being that he plays for Liverpool who has about a billion clean sheets and does their free kicks he does their free kicks he gets forward he gets a lot of offensive stats in addition to playing for a team that gets clean sheets all the time but I picked him up 
sort of at the beginning of their run of successive clean sheets. So it was another one where he became more valuable because people kept adding him because they saw that he was pretty much big money every week. Mm. He would show up on the, the score sheet. Another one was Bruno Fernandez. I added him sort of on a hunch immediately after he transferred to Man U. Good hunch. Well, and as you've seen, he's been a scoring machine since the restart. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I'm near I'm currently I'm at the top of the league. I am in first place, not tied for first. Just a quick correction there. That's, uh, I apologize. But for, it's not by much. It, we are neck and neck. I think there's only about Well, when you say you're neck and neck, that leads me to believe you were tied. So I think there's a little bit of, you know. Sure. That's uh, you know, I don't want to come off as too, you know, cocky here, but I think I'm only ahead by like 15 points uh, over the second place guy third place in our league is over 100 points back so given how few game weeks there are left right it's just the two of us at this point okay and how many points do do each of you have i mean this 15 point yeah league. so out of like something like 1800 okay something. yeah all right so 15 and that's not much so this week was a strong just to give an example this week was a strong points week for me and i had like 68 points something like that so uh, what uh, what players this week helped you out? Well, Bruno, uh, he, I think, had two goals and an assist. And he was my captain. And that's another thing I didn't mention before in the scoring system. Each week you pick a captain and an alternate, and your captain gets double point value. Aha. So that's a place where you can really feel like you're pulling the strings. You're the man behind the curtain who's really the the mastermind of all fantasy. Or you can feel like a huge chump when you... Yep, exactly. <laughs> Guess wrong. So it's part of why I got, you know, I sort of luckily strode to the front of the class at the beginning of this is when I added Vardy and he went on that scoring run. He was just my captain every week. I didn't even think about it because every week he was showing up in the score sheet. Sure. So every week he was getting me double-digit points. Once that stopped happening... Uh, my lead, which was pretty large, shrunk, and uh, you know I'm sort of back in this neck and neck battle. So Bruno had 30 points, I think, this week when you consider when he was, you know, it was doubled. So he was my captain. So he with his two goals and an assist. And United did not have a clean sheet, right? I don't think he got an additional one for that. Well, they probably played two matches. I mean, I don't know when your week begins and ends. It's usually one game per team per game week. So, even now with yeah, the, the yeah, compressed yeah. schedule, oh. yeah. So like next game week starts tomorrow, uh, and this week's game week just ended today with the Spurs, with Spurs winning. Woo there you go, congratulations. <laughs> uh, so Bruno had a big week. Uh, I think did De Bruyne have another good one? Uh, I feel like he got some assists. Vardy put two in, so that got me. Uh, 13 or 14 points, something like that. I recall shooting you a text asking in the, the Man City game, there was an own goal for their opponent, and De Bruyne oh, would right. have gotten the assist if the original Man City shooter had connected, but since it was an, you know, it ricocheted off of a, an opponent, I wasn't sure if De Bruyne would still get the assist. Did he get that? I think he did, and I have no idea how that gets credited. Who, who does the official scoring in Premier League games? I just know whether it shows up or not. Well, and the other confusing thing, at least for me, is that when you see once the game goes final and they show the, the score and then they show in smaller text who the scorers are, I think on those own goals they're showing the chump. 
Yeah. They're not showing the, the and, you know, and those scoring own, team. Those own goals can be harsh, too, because that's a negative point opportunity fantasy-wise. You lose three points, I think, if you're the if you're the chump, as it were. If you're if the chump is your captain. You lose six points. Oh, that is a double harsh. negative. It is not good. Uh, that hasn't happened to me. It has happened to somebody in our league. Oh, man. Um, you know, it's, what can you do? You throw up your hands. Uh, and actually, correction for you. The De Bruyne assist was the previous game week because this week they lost, right, to Southampton. Yeah, but I thought that that De Bruyne game was like Thursday. Or yeah, something. again, compressed oh, game weeks. Yeah. So usually you get one game per week. In the middle of the season, you'll get things like the FA Cup, I think, or international play, right. which can sometimes postpone matches for teams and then you do get the chance to double up where a player might have two games in one game week one fantasy game week okay and then there are opportunities to be a diabolical manager who can double up on points right so well i'm not even sure how to count your uh, your match weeks i mean how many match weeks as far as you know do you have left well i think there's four there's there are 38 total right and what are we in now? 33? Well, I, I heard them refer to it as 32, but okay. again, I'm not quite sure how we're counting since everything's so compressed. Yeah. And here it hands off those balls. We call a week a week. Yeah. So our, uh, our scores and schedules update has well, been going from Wednesday through Tuesday. They're on metric time over there, I think. But it's <laughs> this is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is the next game week. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday oh. is the next game week. So... It's All right. Well, that, I mean, I guess had nothing happened COVID-wise, those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday matches would have taken a week of time to be played, and the weekend matches would have taken the next week of time. That right? Sounds about right. see that. All right. Well, hey, we're running up on time, so uh, that was quite helpful. And, um, you know, if your fantasy league isn't uh, close to outsiders, maybe next year I can – Waste some. I was gonna say hey. waste some money, but uh, you said it's, this is you know bragging is not, rights is currency in our world. I think that's okay. As, but as, as they say on Dan Lebetard's show, it's not even you know, uh, you know, for entertainment purposes only. There you go. Um, so thanks for coming in. We uh, we enjoyed the education on how that fantasy league works. Presumably, that's how most fantasy leagues work. And uh, as I said, here it hands off those balls. We consider a week to be a full seven days, which is why the sports report you're about to hear will cover last Wednesday through, well, tomorrow. <laughs> cover Wednesday <laughs> through Tuesday the 7th. So there will be matches that haven't even happened yet that you're about to learn about. So you know more than we do. Stick around for our second half after that. Jared is here. He will be joining us then. Luke, thanks again, and uh, hope to have you back sometime. Great. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. Here are your scores from the week beginning on July 1st in the English Premier League. We had four matches on Wednesday, beginning with a 4-1 drubbing of Bournemouth at home by Newcastle. Everton edged Leicester City 2-1 at Goodison Park, while Arsenal throttled Norwich City 4-0. And the day ended with a surprising London derby as West Ham topped Chelsea 3-2.
On Thursday, Sheffield beat Tottenham 3-1, nearly prompting Spurs boss Jose Mourinho to challenge the VAR official to a fistfight on Bramall Lane. And what was supposed to be the match of the week turned into a blowout as Man City dismantled new champs Liverpool four goals to zip. Saturday began with Brighton extending its cushion of safety from relegation by taking down Norwich at home 1-0. Leicester City handed a 3-0 defeat to Crystal Palace at King Power Stadium as Jamie Vardy connected for his 100th and 101st goals of his career. Manchester United continued its march towards the Champions League slot, defeating Bournemouth in a 5-2 shootout. Arsenal secured a key road win over Wolves with a two-goal shutout. And Chelsea closed out the day, knocking off Watford three goals to none. Sunday saw ties between Burnley and Sheffield with one goal apiece, as well as Newcastle and West Ham, who each scored twice. Liverpool got its groove back at Anfield with two late goals and a shutout of Aston Villa, while Southampton upset Man City as Shea Adams lobbed it over the goalie's head from 40 yards out for the game's only score. In Monday's only contest, Spurs hung on to defeat Everton at home to maintain a mathematical shot at a European tournament berth. Tuesday saw Watford take down Norwich at home 2-1, Chelsea topped crosstown opponent Crystal Palace 3-2, and Arsenal escaped with a 1-1 draw after a red card gave Leicester City a one-man advantage at the Emirates. We'll see four matches on Wednesday as West Ham hosts Burnley, Newcastle visits Man City, Sheffield welcomes Wolves in a huge match for both teams, and Liverpool heads to the beach to take on Brighton. On Thursday, Southampton travels Merseyside to challenge Everton, Bournemouth hosts Spurs, and Manchester United heads to Villa Park for an intriguing contest of two teams with something to play for, albeit for different reasons. A full slate of games Saturday starts with Newcastle visiting Watford, Norwich hosts West Ham in this week's Who Wants It Less derby, a scrappy Burnley club takes its shot at Liverpool at Anfield, Chelsea travels to Sheffield, and Man City visits Brighton. On Sunday, Wolves host Everton, Crystal Palace visits Aston Villa, the 200th North London derby will see the Gunners visit Spurs, who will only have two days rest, and the day concludes with Leicester traveling to Bournemouth. Southampton heads to Old Trafford to take on Manchester United on Monday, and Norwich heads to the capital for a shot at Chelsea on Tuesday. That's what's happening in the EPL. Now back to the show. And we're back. And joining us now is everybody's old friend, Jared. Jared, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, Mike. What'd you do with yourself for 4th of July? Well, we had a pretty busy weekend. Um, we took all the necessary precautions, but we were able to have some friends in from Massachusetts come visit us for the weekend. So oh, that sounds like fun. Had a lot of fun. Good. How about you? Kids have a good time? Yeah, the kids had a great time. We oh, that's uh, great. had a lot of fun things in the backyard and everything. Cool. Um, I, uh, I watched a fair amount of Premier League football, and uh, some friends of ours had a, a little birthday party for one of their daughters yesterday, so that was an uh, opportunity to see everybody in a socially distanced way, so everybody stayed safe in that respect, so uh, it was a good weekend. Um, but like I mentioned before, we had quite a few matches this past week since we're basically getting two weeks worth of matches each week. So a lot of games to watch. And uh, I know you had some some thoughts on them. Jared, where'd you like to start? Well, we can just start at the beginning. Uh, there were 16 games between Tuesday and Sunday last week, um, you know, between one and several games per day, uh, with I think the exception of Friday. Um, but yeah, we can just start on Tuesday. Tuesday had one game, 
uh, Brighton hosting Manchester United. Um, this one went pretty much as you'd expect. Uh, Greenwood for Manchester United had a pretty nice goal early. Bruno Fernandes had a pair of goals later. Uh, second one was especially good one-timer uh, off an assist, uh, but 3-0 was your final, and uh, Manchester United prevails. Is Greenwood, is he a kid? Is he one of these, like, teenagers? Because I, I feel like the announcers were commenting on, you know, sort of a good-for-you, you know, uh, he patting could, him on the head. He sort. could be. Um <laughs> It seems like there's a lot of those in the league right now. Well, know, so. that's true. Uh, and, and it's probably something, you know, to do with, uh, again, load management, you know, bring up some folks from the, the you know, under-19 team to uh, relieve some playing time for some of the, some of the big boys. Um, so what else you got? So that was it for Tuesday. Wednesday we actually had four games. Uh, the first one was uh, – Bournemouth hosting Newcastle. Uh, again, not a whole lot to say about this one. Newcastle took an early 2-0 lead, then, then built up the lead to 4-0 before giving up a, a goal in stop, stoppage time. Newcastle's doing well. They're, they're, they're doing pretty well. Um, but again, it is Bournemouth. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I, I had to look this up, but apparently they've had one point in their last seven games. They are just absolutely Yikes. reeling right now. I think um, when we talked a few weeks ago, you had them as your relegation prediction, so you're looking pretty good on that one, if I remember correctly. Oh, you had them out of the bottom three? I do. Because yeah. I, I think the I had difference one. was I, – I thought the difference was I had Villa. No, I, I predicted Surviving. Villa. Surviving. Yeah, I have Villa. Villa, Watford, and Norwich were my three. Bournemouth, Watford, oh, okay. and Norwich were your three. Gotcha. So you're looking good on that one. Um, well, we, we'll see. I mean, Villa's – True. Villa, Villa's not like 10th right now or anything, so <laughs> – uh, we also had Everton hosting Leicester City. Um, Everton gets two goals early, but the second one, I think, was actually a bad VAR review on a handball, in, in my opinion. I, the two players in the box kind of went up for a header. Their arms got sort of interlocked and tangled. Not and, intentional. Yeah, and the defender, uh, I guess, is the one that actually made contact. Um, so after a very lengthy delay of about three minutes, uh, they awarded the penalty kick to Everton. It's one of the tricky things with VAR as opposed to, for example, you know, NFL instant replay is intent is, is a big part of what VAR is looking for, it seems. Whereas with football, American football instant replay, it's, okay, was the knee down? Right. Know, did he have two yeah. hands on the ball? Yeah. Did he have control? Did he make a football move? That, that, that's probably the most subjective thing is the old football move. But, I mean, this idea of, okay, did he mean to bring his arm 10 degrees away from his body? That Gee whiz, that's a tough thing to judge just looking at some video. I, I'd be a little bit in favor of a little more discretion and enforcing some of those things. Um, again, not much I can do about it as a fan, but <laughs> except for, Write for a letter. sit and live with it. Um, um, Lester closes to within one on the 50th minute, and then in the 60th minute, uh, Michael Keane on Everton barely saves a potential own goal of his by kicking it off the goal line. And as we saw two hours ago, he had an own goal on the game today. So Michael Keane's not having a very good <laughs> few days with... Uh, so he had to... I don't think I saw this one. So he had to save... Yeah. A potential own goal that was his fault? Yeah. Like so chase after something that exactly. bounced off something him? Something bounced oh, wow. off him, started rolling to the goal line, and he had to rush to kick it. I mean, it was half half the way in, in the goal, um, but it's got to be all the way in, as we learned last week, to, uh -huh. to actually count. 
Um, to and Lester it, is uh, they're they're kind of coming back to earth a bit. Um, I mean, they're they're still going to the Champions League as things stand right now, but they were doing better, and, and I think it's. Uh, what do they call that? Re- reversion to the mean? Regression to the Regression mean. Regression to the mean. Yeah. The, um, it was actually a weird week. I, there were some losses from, I think, the four top teams, as we'll talk about yeah. coming up here. But, yeah, it was a, a 2-1 was your final. Everton wins it. Uh, again, nice upset for the top of the table. We also had uh, Arsenal hosting Borwich. Who? Borwich. That's, that's my new nickname for him. <laughs> it's combining Bournemouth and Norwich. No, it's it's a uh, boar. Like they're boring. Borwich. Well, there is yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, the first Arsenal goal was actually a horrible keeper blunder. Uh, he just took too much time and had the ball st- stolen from him, and just an easy goal. Arsenal tacked on three more goals, including one where a Norwich player intentionally crossed the ball in front of his own goal. Uh, I have no idea what was going on there, what the rationale was, but uh, Norwich is just finding new ways to sink the ship. Mm. Um, you know, they've only scored one goal in five matches since Project Jeez. Restart. So, again, they're they're one of the teams in the just absolutely reeling position. You know, and I, I noticed... This weekend, I think the the folks in the studio were talking about Norwich's style of play that they you know they're, they're they can be very aggressive offensively and, and they were using the phrase um, you know the best team to to be in the relegation zone or something like that and I just remember watching it I'm like I don't think they're the best team in the city of Norwich like I, I they agree. suck yeah. I don't know I, what we're talking about here I mean it's not just unlucky it's just not not production I mean they're making really stupid stupid blunders yeah, yeah I mean I didn't have the stats like you were just talking about but you know just, they suck and in fact well I guess you haven't gotten to it yet but there was a game this weekend where I think they just laid down and took it because they didn't start um Tamu Puki, who's their like only player, only player. of any consequence. <laughs> and they sat him, so I don't know what they were trying to but that we can talk about that later. We also had West Ham hosting Chelsea and if I'm not mistaken this is a London Derby. A London Derby, London very good. Derby. Um so West Ham seemingly starts the scoring off in the thirty fourth minute on a clumsy corner and I that's a sort of a term I use, but it's where the corner lands in a pack of players and eventually finds its way in the goal. Um, but VAR actually confirmed that because of the chaotic sequence uh, and there were so many players on the ground that one of the West Ham players was actually offsides. Yeah, so, I think this is – it was the guy on the ground and yeah, it, it like ricocheted leg, off his knee or something. Yeah, and his was, leg was, was the last thing between – Yeah, that was, that was tough because yeah. – yeah. What's the standard they use for VAR? It's it's something like you know clear and convincing, convincing evidence. Um, <laughs> um, it, it didn't look all that clear to me. But I mean, if, if guys are on the ground, I don't see how anything is an advantage. I mean, they can't even right. run from that position, yeah. so it's weird that they. You know, but a rule is a rule, so you gotta you gotta go with it. And I think the goalie immediately was pointing when it went in. Yeah, like he saw it. He's he like, oh, they're right there. It was offside. Um. <laughs> Minutes later, uh, Chelsea is awarded and converts a penalty click, uh, penalty kick. Uh, I guess uh, William. Uh, I think it's Willian. Willian. Just say William with an N at the end. Willian. Right. Um, he's sort of got that stutter step run up that he's. Uh, yeah, we're going to really, talk really about, about that, that in a future episode because I, I got a problem with that. 
Yeah, what, fake nonsense. Uh, we'll talk about that, but he <laughs> seems to do that one on every single attempt. He's not the only one. Right, but he's the one I, I'm most yeah. familiar with. Uh, West Ham equalizes in the first half stoppage time, um, and then they take the lead to start the, the second half, and then Willian just makes an incredible free kick goal in the 70th minute. Uh, you know, and you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I think a lot of people were rooting for West Ham just for upset reasons, but sure. you're thinking, well, here it comes. Uh, you know, Chelsea's coming back, but... West Ham, a 3-1 break uh, and score at just a few minutes left in regulation to win. Yeah. 5-2 final. So we have both Chelsea and Leicester at the top of the table with uh, losses, setting the possible stage for others to gain ground. Now, did you notice with Chelsea, they've got new jerseys? Were they the pink ones? No, they were the ones with the big three on the front. And I saw it in one match because – Chelsea's jersey sponsor had been Yokohama Tires. Oh, okay. And now they got this funky-looking three. And well, I saw it the, the first time. I thought maybe just some special jersey. Um, you know, we had that in the uh, the initial week. Um, rather than players' last names on the back, everybody had Black Lives Matter on the back. So I, I didn't know if this was, you know, a similar sort of temporary thing they were doing with their with their jerseys and certainly didn't know what the three meant um well it turns out this is a uh, a new jersey sponsor and it's a telecom company out across the pond so that's not exciting at it, all it, no and it, you know it, so many of the jersey sponsors are some form of internet gambling company oh um that i just it's not a very appealing logo, um, you know. I know I'm not making millions of dollars in marketing, but I would have vetoed this particular logo if it were my decision. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what that's all about, in case you were wondering. Sounds like you didn't even notice it, so I don't know why I brought it up. I didn't, and I might not have noticed enough to know that there was a difference. But, <laughs> you know, I, if they changed from the sort of navy royal blue to something else. Right, I, to the tequila know, sunrise colors. Then I that would have noticed. Um, that was it for the Wednesday games. Thursday we had two games. Uh, Mike, I'm sure you were interested in the first of those, which was mm. Sheffield hosting Spurs. Yeah, I was interested for a while. And <laughs> Not interested. Well, after I was, <laughs> interested isn't the right emotion. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah they the, the one they th find ways to lose these games. It's just so annoying. So, I mean, uh, Sheffield sort of built a 3-0 lead. Um, Spurs finally got one. Well, I think you're kind of skipping over, aren't you? That, it, As I recall, uh, the Blades got the first goal, but then uh, Harry Kane had what appeared to be the equalizing goal. Yes, and that was the one that was overturned by VAR because some kind of player was falling and a ball hit his hand for a handball. I, I thought that was bull. Yeah, but. well, you, you and... Um, Jose Mourinho thought it was bull, and I think he used choicer words than that, um, probably in multiple languages. Uh, probably, but that, that's a, you know, we just talked about the incidental handball. I mean, that one was completely incidental. He was falling yeah. to the ground. Yeah, I it mean, was total he, crap. I mean, he, here's your choice. You can either put your hands in front of you and run the risk of inadvertently committing a handball, or you can just keep your hands behind your back as you fall face first. Yeah, right and in the nose. And just put your, yeah. yeah. That's that's a lovely choice that the officials are giving the players. So I think uh, Spurs get one on the final minute, but it, it was 3-1. 3-1 uh, was the final for Sheffield. I did have one interesting observation that 
there was a strategy Sheffield seemed to be doing for at least two of the goals. And that was sort of where they sort of meander and work their way towards yeah. the end line. And then almost, you know, the Spurs defenders are still in a standard offsides trap. Yeah. But when the ball is literally at the end line, there's no offsides. There's no offsides. So was... there was always a Sheffield, uh, you know, forward open for a one-timer. Yeah, yeah. Those, those one-timers weren't kicked. Like, they basically just planted a foot and right. the ball, ricocheted the pass ricocheted off a planted foot and goes in. Yeah, I, I was fully hearkening back to your to your offsides tutorial as I'm watching this going, wait, can you do that? Oh, yeah, the ball's farther than them, so right. okay. I mean, I mean, they were literally within inches in some cases from the end line, so yeah. there's really no place to be offsides. I mean, it's a nice play. It also seems like a pretty easily defended play, so come yeah. on, Spurs, what are you doing? When it gets that far, you got to go man to man and yeah. just make sure no one's open. Um, Spurs needed that game. Uh, Bad. So, uh, also on Thursday was Man City hosting Liverpool. Um, so again, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, aka Prince Harry, which you like to call him on the show, <laughs> uh, converts an early penalty kick. Uh, I think Man City sort of tacked on three more by the 65th minute, including a Liverpool own goal, I believe. Um, 4-0 was sort of the final for that. Um, so, you know, the two records we've sort of been tracking here at uh, Hands Off Those Balls was um, point lead at season's end and total points, uh, you know, at 100. So they're not, they were then at 20 over in uh, Man City. However, um, you know, last week we showed they can only incur two more losses to have any chance at the record of uh, 101. So that's now down to one. Yeah, it's getting tricky. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention I neglected to before, that Chelsea match uh, against West Ham, I think it was. Williams, uh, is, well, he had two goals that game, didn't he? He had a, yeah, he had a penalty kick a regular and goal a free and a penalty. kick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it would have been the penalty kick goal made... Him the first player to score a goal in each of the 12 months of the calendar year. Because they don't usually play in July. That's interesting. So he's the first player ever to do that. Um, which is just one of those quirky, you know, trivia questions. Yeah. That That's, that'll be a good one. Barring another weird thing like a COVID nineteen outbreak, it should never happen again. But uh, um, a lot of players, you know, well, maybe not a lot, but a good number of players ought to now be able to join that uh, um, that group who've scored in every month as long as they get a July goal. So, well, congratulations to William for that <laughs> uh, feat. Um. Saturday, we had five games. We'll see if we can go through some of these pretty quickly. Um, Norwich hosting Brighton. Again, these are two teams at the bottom of the table going on different trajectories. Um, Brighton scores a goal early, and that held up for uh, the 1-0 win. Um, Got to give Norwich credit, though. At least there wasn't a keeper blunder, and their players weren't crossing the ball in front of their own But goal. that's the match that they didn't start Pookie. Yeah. It's so, just stupid. I don't get it. Just... Um, on the other side, Brighton picks up three more points, and I'm thinking at this point they're completely safe from relegation. Um, they've, I think they've gotten seven points in four games since winning their first game in 2020, uh, two weeks ago. So mm. they're actually looking pretty good. Uh, we also had Leicester hosting Crystal Palace. Uh, Leicester gets uh, three second-half goals, two from Jamie Vardy, and I had heard that he now has 101. Is that for his EPL career? Yeah, that, that is. Okay. He's he got a, you know just past 100, and um, 
In fact, our friend Luke, who joined us for the first half, he had mentioned, since he pays pretty close attention to Jamie Vardy with, for the fantasy purposes, um, apparently Vardy had a very late start to his career um, that he had been on a, you know, Luke thought it might have been Sheffield Wednesday, um, that that was a team that he had a start on and then was dropped by them, and he ended up in the depths of, I mean, we had an episode where we talked about the, the four divisions of the you know English football. Um, there may be some divisions even lower than, than League Two that, that there Vardy were. I mean, as, as far as I researched it, there was more holes to go yeah. down, and so, so I, I kind of had to was, stop. He was all the way on those, you know, basically just somebody's backyard where it's okay, the trash can lid is that corner, and my baseball cap is this corner. And, um, and for that reason, he really didn't get a, a, a foothold in EPL until he was like 27 or something. It just late start. That's pretty late. Career. So yeah. it's pretty impressive that he got 100 goals. Especially when they got people starting at 18, yeah, 19 no pretty regularly. Um, we also had Manchester United hosting Burnmouth. Um, a lot of scoring in this one. Uh, yeah. Seven goals all by the 60th minute. Um I will have to say Manchester United looked really, really, really good in this one. My were, single note that I wrote down about this game was simply MU on a mission. Yeah. I mean, this is, they're just, they, they have the easiest schedule, and they're firing on all, on all cylinders. They're, they're going to the Champions League. You know, they, they may overpass Chelsea yeah. and not even need the Man, Uni- or the Man City. Ban to right. get in. Yeah. Um, yeah, 5-2 is your final. Yeah. Um, Wolves hosting Arsenal. Um, Arsenal wins that one 2-0, and Traore couldn't even save them this time. They, the Wolves only had one shot on goal, and they really couldn't put anything together all game. And I can tell you why. Because something about this match looked weird while it was being played. Something about Traore seemed weird as I'm watching it and did a little bit of research to figure out why. So in Saturday's match... Wolves came out in a 3-5-2 formation. So up front, you just had two forwards. It was Traore and Raul <sighs> Jimenez, Banez. Raul Banez. <laughs> probably why that name's on my brain. We're confusing baseball players and soccer players. But it's a guy who has Raul on the back of his jersey, so he's not helping me yeah. to remember his last name. But, you know, that's that's the guy. That's the striker that, that Traore's always assisting to. Yeah. Well, in a 3-5-2, like, I'm watching and, you know, I, I couldn't have looked at it and said, oh, they're in a 3-5-2. But it was very obvious Traore was in the middle of the field a lot. And while that meant that Wolves almost got a goal by him in the first 15 seconds of the match, it didn't happen, but, but it almost happened. I don't think that's how you use him. You no. use him on the wing, which is where he does his little move where he stands still for a second, then just beats you on the first step, gets six inches of daylight, centers it to Raul, and goal. But that's not going to happen with the 3-5-2. And so in the second half, I think they went back to the 3-4-3 that they'd been using in previous matches. But I'm very proud of myself that I can articulate these formations well, that's good. without getting the math wrong. But that was too little too late. <laughs> it was changed. too little too yeah. late. Um, well, that's good. Uh, good to know. Uh, 
Last game on Saturday was Chelsea hosting Watford. Um, Chelsea had two first-half goals, including another penalty kick from Willian. Um, and then Chelsea had a third goal. 3-0 is your final for Chelsea. And then only four games left, uh, the four games on Sunday. First, we had uh, Burnley hosting Sheffield. Uh, this was actually a pretty... Yeah, it's a decent matchup. Yeah, e even match Similarly game, situated teams. Standing-wise, but also stats and the result. Um, Burnley started the scoring off late in the first half. Sheffield equalized in the second half. 1-1 is your final with both teams picking up a point sort of in that outside-looking-in right. spot at the table. Um, Newcastle hosting West Ham. That ended in a 2-2 draw. Um, West Ham picks up a crucial point against relegation. Yeah, um, that was an exciting match, too, because West Ham's best player, uh, who I can picture, but his name is slipping my mind. He, it seemed like, I mean, I don't want to say he was getting targeted, but he kept going down on the turf a lot. Pretty hard. Yeah. Um, and it seemed to be something wrong with his shin, and he's he's their, their scorer. Um, and you kept thinking he was going to come out of the match, and he toughed it out. Um, guys, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. I'll, I'll blurt it out later in this segment when it magically comes to <laughs> mind. I, 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 you know, it's not like I'm going to use a device and look it up or anything. Oh, wait a minute. I got it. I got it. It's, I, I, hand of God, I didn't need the device. I can uh, vouch it, for that. He it, didn't touch it. Is it Jack Grealish? It's Grealish. Grealish? Yeah. Um, yeah he's got this... He's got the hair of a 16-year-old, like skateboarder, so, <laughs> but but he's a good player, and he 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 sucked it up on the injuries, so I was impressed by that, but still ended in a draw. Uh, a, a match I was personally interested, and in, I was actually able to watch quite a bit of this um, was Liverpool hosting Aston Villa. Um, Liverpool's coming off that horrible beatdown by Manchester City. Um, I would like to point out, and I didn't realize this, but at the start of this game, despite a 20-point Liverpool lead in the table, Manchester City actually had a better goal differential. Oh, I haven't noticed that. Yeah. Holy cow. Right. I so, mean, I know that Liverpool had won a lot of one-goal matches, like, l late to their 2019 calendar year. It seemed like they had yeah. a lot of these, like, three twos, two ones. But it was plus 47 versus plus 45 for, for huh. Manchester City, so I wasn't aware of that. Um it was scoreless well into the second half. I'm thinking, here we go again. Uh, but Liverpool finally broke through in the 70th minute. Um, they added another one at the end of regulation, and 2-0 is your final. My takeaway on that, though, was in watching that one, it, it wasn't as lopsided as the score would lead you to believe. I mean, for the majority of that match, it seemed... Oh, I thought that, Aston Villa had a legitimate yeah, shot at that one. Definitely. I mean, I... Yeah. Um, so just a record watch. So Liverpool has five games left. Uh, the lead is back up to 23 points over Manchester City. So that's looking good. However, uh, they need 12 points uh, with five games left. So they, they need to win four of five. There is no other path with draws now. Mm. Um, so it's still possible given the record left. But, again, I, I would say maybe it was a little less than a coin flip at this point yeah. that they would get it. Um, Last uh, game on Sunday was Southampton hosting Manchester City. Uh, the only goal was by Southampton, and it was on a, a steal. Uh, it's sort of a defensive miscue and a steal, and one of those long-range loft goals over Ederson, who was too far up, sort of not anticipating the steal. Yeah, looking at this, I think you had the exact same comment when you saw the highlight, was uh, there's, there's a famous 
two famous goals. One um, uh, by David Beckham. Oh yeah, with a similar kind of lobbing it I think over it was his rookie year, the goalie who's yeah. way out of position, um, and um, uh, the guy from he was on Chelsea, he was on Manchester United. He started when he was sixteen. It's on the tip of my tongue. I Is he on that Barclays commercial every time? Yeah, yes. he's the first guy. Yeah, I know. I ran the Barclays uh, commercial. I can't remember the name. <laughs> I can. He always going for it all. Yes, yes. that guy. Um, yeah. All right, that's that's one we really have no excuse yeah, that, for getting because he's a, he's very I, I Wayne that, Rooney. Golly, why is this taking so long? I see that commercial like we're getting uh, old. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But the thing about that that Southampton Man City match, I mean, do yourself a favor and pull up the the stats on that one. Like Man City had possession three to one. Yeah. They had more shots. They had more. The one stat I didn't see was, was passes. I'm sure that would have been you know. Yeah, two to one at least. Um, just it's one of the cool things about about English football is that it's not like the NBA where the home team will always win. You know, you get these matches where it's like we're better, we're doing everything better than you, we're outplaying you, but there's that one moment where uh oh, yeah, and there's a goal, and the difference between a goal and not a goal is. Vast, and it's just one screw up, one defensive yeah. screw up led to the only goal of the game. That was it, just five seconds. And it was Man City, so screw them because they're cheaters. Yeah. Um, sort of just looking at the Champions League relegation and promotion picture. Um, not a whole lot changed at the top of the table, except for I would say a streaking Arsenal is now solidly in the number seven spot. I feel like they were number nine or ten uh, not two weeks ago. Yeah, um, I think so you're right. So there may be someone to, to look out for. On the bottom, I'd confidently say Brighton is now safe. Uh, West Ham seems to be ascending from the pack as well. So it's looking like Norwich and two of Watford, uh, Bournemouth, and Aston Villa. And at this point, I think uh, both of our predictions are in play. You, yeah. You have um, Bournemouth and I have uh, Austin, Austin Villa. Aston. Aston Villa. Um, well... But, and those were all the games that we had to cover, right? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. Go ahead. No, and um, championship promotion uh, oh, right. league. Uh, leads with four more points with a win and a draw. Ooh. West Brom with six points from two wins, so they're still leading the pack. Uh, it's going to be tough for Leeds to choke this one away. I'll be curious to see how they do it. It is. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the picture from the uh, – well, that'd be good if we got West Brom up because they've got a big derby rivalry with somebody. My only concern is that it might be Villa. So we might get West Brom oh, but like lose Villa. Revolving door it's, type It's of either Villa yeah. or it might it might be Wolves. It's 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 some Midlands derby where West Brom is involved. It might be Wolves West Brom. I'd like a new Derby in the yeah I, yeah and and this is like it's it's you know we've got depending on you know how many combinations you can come up with for London derbies yeah similarly you can do that with Midlands, Midlands. Derby you know that's why they got like the West Midlands Derby and the you know South by Southeast Midlands Derby I don't know but this one this one involving West Brom is like fans bringing knives <laughs> <They just laughs> it's like a reader game it sounds like yeah so uh fingers crossed to have that next year 
All right, we are way over on time, so uh, we're going to wrap things up. And we've got a, another great week of compressed schedule coming up for us this time. So uh, next week we'll give you the status on all those. And uh, I think that's when we're going to talk about the uh, the penalty kicking rules because that's been on my mind. And there seem to be a lot of penalty kicks this past week. And so we have to address that because it's bothering me. So there's a reason for you to stay tuned for next time. Uh, Thanks for joining us this time. We don't have a show without you. So hope you all are staying safe and had a great 4th of July. And we will talk to you next time. Have a great week, everybody.